This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. So, Doug, what's today's hot topic? So the hot topic today is how to design a really, really good sales presentation or or even just a persuasive speech. Um, This is basically a continuation of podcast number three. In podcast number three, we talked about how to design presentations more quickly and and easily. And we talked about the different types of presentations that you can make. So the reason why I'm starting with the designing the specific types of presentations with the sales presentation is this the one that, that falls right in the middle. So this one is halfway between the the entertainment kind of end of the spectrum and the content end of the spectrum. You have to have kind of both. So there's two reasons why people will buy something, whether that's a product, a service, an idea. They they have to have a, there's got to be a logical reason. It's got to make sense logically to them. And then there's also an emotional impact. There's got to be some type of an emotional reason why they buy as well. So this type of presentation kind of combines both of those. By the way, just as an aside, this is the type of presentation that we, we typically teach people to design in the two-day fearless presentations class. The reason why is because it's the most universal. It's the, it's the type of presentation that can be used in just about any type of situation. And I know what a lot of you are thinking right there. You're sitting out, uh, you know, maybe in your, in your car or, you know, on your, on your job and you're kind of listening to the podcast and you're thinking, but Doug, I'm not in sales. You know, why on earth would I need to design a sales presentation? Well, if you think about it, just about any time that in the business world anyway, that you're standing up to give a presentation, most likely the reason why we're presenting is we're trying to persuade the audience to do something differently or to think differently. We're trying to win them to our way of thinking. And the technique is the same, whether you're trying to sell a product or a service or an idea, the structure is is fairly similar. So if we start here, you can actually use this in a lot of different ways, even if you even if you aren't in sales. Um, one of the things I want to kind of start off just for the, the folks who are kind of generally salespeople, there is a, a standard way of designing sales presentations that is pretty outdated. It doesn't really work very well. It's the old feature benefit technique. It's where you give them a feature of your product or your service and then you tell the audience how they're going to benefit from this thing. And and that's it, it's not a bad necessarily way to design a presentation. It just leaves out a lot that will help you persuade the audience more effectively. So what a lot of people have done is they've had a third component in there and they say, give them the feature and then give them the advantage of that feature and then give the audience the the benefit. And, and it's kind of the same way. Um, I, I mean, you, it, you typically have the same type of, of challenge. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example from my own personal experience. You know, here at the Leaders Institute, in addition to doing the fearless presentations classes, the two-day public speaking classes that we teach, we also have a whole separate side of our company that deals with different types of seminars. We do leadership training, and we also have folks that go out and do do convention-based training programs or convention-based like team building activities, that kind of thing. And one of the things that we specialize in is charity team building. So if I were going to use the feature benefit 
explanation to as a way to to sell that concept to a potential prospect or a, a potential client i'd use the if i would tell them how what the feature is of charity team building and then how they're going to benefit so like for instance the feature of doing a charity team building activity versus just a standard team building activity is that it combines both a a team building activity where they're actually learning something and a philanthropic activity so that's a feature the benefit to the audience is that you know the the people who are actually participating in the team building activity are going to feel better about helping their community and it's going to add a real emotional impact the problem with that though is that the problem with that type of explanation is it doesn't take into account the the audience or the customer or the potential customer at all it it kind of disregards what the customer wants and disregards what the audience is is really looking for so you really have to kind of change that way of thinking instead of Instead of thinking in the uh, the feature benefit thought process, you really have to be thinking more of a problem solver for your your potential client or your audience member. And like I said, this is the same whether you're in sales and you're selling a product or service, or whether you're you're an executive at a company and you're trying to to sell a thought or an idea or a process to to your audience. So if I'm thinking more about the problem that my potential customer might be facing, it's a little bit easier now to design a a solution for that problem. So like, for instance, what kind of problem does a charity team building activity kind of fix? Well, one of the major things that our guys work on when we go out and and do one of these charity team building activities is we help make meetings more fun. So the problem is, is that most meetings, most conventions are really, really boring. (laughs) Most of them, people don't really like a lot of times to go to conventions. They don't like to go to, especially corporate meetings, you know, so if I've got to go spend 10 days listening to my executive speak over and over and over again, you know, if my executives aren't the great, greatest speakers, it causes some challenges. So the, what the charity team building, team building activities do, though, is they fix that. They, they make the, the meeting seem more exciting, more fun, more interesting. So, so basically, if I'm going to design my presentation, I'll design it around that type of theme, helping fix that challenge, because I know that's one of the things that a lot of these people who are designing the or building these, these conventions or annual meetings will have. They'll have a challenge with making the dry stuff more interesting. So, I'll, uh, so basically, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm giving them a solution this way, it basically, when you add a charity team building activity at the end of one of these kind of dry meetings or one of these more challenging meetings, it increases the enthusiasm through the roof. It also builds teamwork, and you get this fantastic emotional impact so that when people get on the plane at the end of the, pres- at the, end of the, the convention, they think better of the entire two days that they were there because of that emotional ending that they received. So it's a, it's a benefit now to the customer that customer is now now has a benefit so basically when you're designing your present your sales presentation after you kind of replace the thought process with you know with um, going from the feature benefit type of thing to more of a problem solving type process the next step is is to think of what are the major problems that my audience is going to face and then how will my solution help them fix that problem? So basically, if you're um, if and if you if you narrow those those uh, major problems down to about three, it usually is, it fits the bill pretty well. Now, a lot of times, folks will say, "Well, why do you stick with three, Doug?" You know, because uh, in the in the podcast number three, you actually talked about that. So having three major key points. And then backing that up with some type of evidence is what we kind of focus on in in the sales presentation in podcast number three. So why three? Why is three sufficient? Well, the reason why is because if we know for certain 
what that number one biggest problem is that the customer is going to face, and I just stick to that one thing, I got a pretty good shot of, of selling that concept to the, to the audience member, to the potential customer. However, most of the time, it doesn't happen that way. We don't really know exactly what the major things are. So basically, if we hedge our bets, if we pick three of the potentially major problems and we help them solve all three of those, there's a good chance that at least one or maybe two of those might be things that this person is actually facing, these challenges that that this person is actually facing. So as a result, they're more likely now to buy. So it's basically, it's a way to kind of hedge your bet. If you go into four or five bullet points or four or five major key things, it, a lot of times it, it's going to be kind of overkill. You know, they're, they're, people need a reason to make to, to buy a concept or to buy a, a product. But if you go into overkill, it goes, uh, it, you'll actually have a diminishing uh, effect. So focus on the three major problems that your customer might be facing in this potential thing and, uh, and, and make your bullet points those way, those solutions to, the, to that problem. And it makes it a whole lot easier for you. I'll give you an example of one of these that I, that I, I helped a team with um, a couple of years back. They were th- this team was a group of engineers that were that were trying to win a contract to be the uh, project manager on uh, the uh, rebuilding of a or the remodeling of a of a high school in one of the local in one of the local school districts. So basically, they when it, when I the, at the very beginning of the coaching process when I was working with them, I said, okay, what's going to be the major problem? What's going to be the major thing that's most interesting to the to the the folks who are in the the audience, the school board members? And every one of them said unanimously, money, 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 money. You know, because they're they're always working on a budget, right? And I was like, okay, well, let's just take that out of the mix for now. Other than money, what are the things that are most interesting to the, that are going to be most important to this, these folks on the on the school board, right? And it took me a good, I bet, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so of asking that same question over and over and over again before I actually started to get answers. Because what the first thing that the, the group wanted to do was kind of argue with me about how, no, it's, it's all about money. It's all about money. They're, they're always, they always do things on price. And I said, okay, well, let's say you had a kid in, the, in this school district. What would you, and, you're, and there's going to be a major construction project going on around your high school. What are the things that are going to be most interesting to you if you're the parent now? Because a lot of these folks on the school board are going to be parents too, and once they once they kind of broke out of of the of the the pigeonhole of focusing entirely on money, it, it made it a little bit easier for them to see that there were things that were really important to these people that a lot of times they weren't even covering. So things like, for instance safety and security of the of the students. You know, if you've got a construction project going on around students, now all of a sudden that's a that's a big risk factor that's going in. The other thing is timing and scheduling. So like a lot of these projects will typically take place over the summer, but it's very difficult to get the entire project done during that summertime period. So when the kids come back to school in the fall, now all of a sudden there are kids back in that in the in the area of um, of danger and stuff like that. So so basically, by taking a few of these other considerations into in, into their their presentation, they were able to design a much better presentation that will that basically said, you know, the, some of the major challenges that you're going to face during this this remodeling is that the schedule is going to be key. That the if you can get if we can get the entire project done in the three month summer period. 
that's optimal. But if we can't, then these are the things that we want to do to mitigate any any uh, additional challenges along the way. So basically, they're making that as, as one of their major first bullet points. And then the second bullet point was about the safety and the security of the kids. So uh, and all, basically, all they did was kind of create these bullet points and then back them up with examples of situations that they'd been in in the past where this thing had happened and they were able to solve that problem for the school district that they worked for back then. So, so basically, if you, can, if you can come up with some key bullets, some key bullet points, some key concepts that are problem solving for your audience, then they're much more likely to buy into that concept or that idea or that product that you're, that you're trying to sell them. Okay, lastly, the third thing that you really want to focus on when you're designing these sales presentations is clear, crisp examples of how somebody else has solved that problem that you've you've identified for them. So basically, um, for each one of those bullet points, you just want to go and say, okay, what's an example from my own experience where I've had somebody else in a similar situation that was able to solve this problem? And if you can tell the audience a story or an example about somebody else that was in their situation that solved the problem, then now they're, they're anecdotally, now they're thinking, well, if somebody else was able to solve that problem, maybe I can solve that problem as well. So maybe this is going to work for me. So that, and, and I, you know, one of my major um, suggestions is that you don't just stick with one success story. Maybe one or two would be, you know, for each one of your bullet points typically work pretty, pretty well. So giving them a, a few examples along the way to show how what you're offering is going to be a good solution to, to them will be very, very helpful to them. So that will help you really lock down the, the sales presentation. So let me give you an example. So going back to the to the bullet point that I kind of created about the charity team building activity, and we said that this will help you solve that problem of having boring meetings. Well, we I worked um, a couple years or so ago. We were working with uh, a company, McKesson, here. They, they're all over. It's a big, huge pharmaceutical company, but they have a big office here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I live. And we were working with them, and they had a, a, a multi-day leadership training program that was it's really effective but the big challenge that they were that they were facing with it though was that by the time that folks got to the end of that multi-day program they're kind of overwhelmed they're i mean they've been blowing and going forever and so they wanted to kind of jazz it up at the end and so we added in one of our build a bike team building activities where we had the the groups the big group the big team break and break into smaller groups and do team building activities to earn bicycle parts for um, for uh, kids. So basically, when they got the, all the parts together, they built a bike, and then we donated it to some of the local kids. Now, the charity that we chose was the YMCA. We've worked with the YMCA here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for years, and they know us pretty well. What was interesting about this particular event, though, was that I was standing at the back of the room as the as the teams were kind of um, were putting the finishing touches on the bikes, and the kids had kind of rushed in the room. So there's lots of energy, and folk, the the folks on the teams are kind of customizing the bike. You know, they're adjusting the seat and the handlebars for the the size of the child, and so it's it's a really kind of nice emotional ending. And the guy who was standing next to me was the the director of the YMCA. His name's Doug. Uh, his name's Doug as well, Doug Fox. And basically, what what Doug said was. Um, you know, he, I kind of looked at him, and he was—he had a little tear in his eye. I'm going, Doug, man, come on, you've done this forever. I mean, we've—we've we've been working with you for you know two, three, four years now. So, you know what the, what gives? I mean, I, I don't really see you get emotional a lot. And he looked because this was in January of that year, and he looked, and there were there were a couple of kids that were—it was a brother and sister. They were twins, fraternal twins, and um, and he said those two uh, young people right there, their dad got laid off about six months ago. 
And he said that the little boy came up to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was all upset because this was the first year that they didn't get any Christmas gifts. And um, and uh, and so he was kind of teared up because he knew how much that new bicycle kind of meant to those those kids, right? So it was a very emotional kind of ending to uh, to the the uh, leadership development program that McKesson had been doing for 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 so long. So if you want that type of emotional ending, then a charity team building event can be very helpful in helping solicit that emotional ending. So basically, by just kind of going in detail with the story and the example like I did, it helps me sell my bullet point much more effectively. And that's what you want to do as well. Put 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 those emotional stories, those, those uh, success stories into your presentations, into your sales presentations, and it's going to help you get a much, much ba- better bang for your buck. Um, so basically, this is, so if you have any questions, by the way, about sales presentations or designing presentations, you can always email me at podcasts at fearlesspresentations.com so podcast at fearlesspresentations.com or if you have a a suggestion for a topic that you want me to cover on one of the future podcasts that would be then you can email me there as well if you want the notes for this podcast go to fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast 10 so this is podcast 10 and uh, the notes will be there outlined with uh, with the different things that I covered here. Um, one of the things I would ask you to do, though, is um, so this is podcast number 10. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen to a few of these. And if you really enjoy these, if you think they're of great value, go on to uh, to the, um, the the Apple store, the iTunes store. Like if you go to your um, uh, your podcast device on your Apple phone, uh, it's, it's built into the Apple phone. And if you just do a search for Fearless Presentations, it gives you an option there to write a review and if you can give us a positive review that would be very very helpful it makes it to where other people can find the podcast a little bit easier if you're if you're if you've never accessed fearless presentations through the the podcast device you can always just kind of contact siri and say siri uh, do a search for uh, search in podcast for fearless presentations and it'll show up and it'll have you a place where you can write a review so that would be very very helpful to us so hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast and and uh, we look forward to having you and future podcasts with us. Thanks. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 